the Road America app. You can listen live to the Track White PA broadcast with real-time updates on the races, driver interviews, sponsor details, and so much more. The app also allows you to watch live cams of popular locations all around the track. Go to roadamerica.com. We'll get back into the Packers chatter coming up here in a little bit. A lot going on. Baseball is back, by the way. Uh, we now know a lot of the protocols. Media allowed into the clubhouses again, which is nice. But you still got to wear a mask. Um, all right. I guess you got to do what you got to do. But okay. Uh, and, it, and it certainly beats some Zoom meetings. I'll, I'll say that. It really does, um, which is fantastic. And in the meantime, you've got the Badgers. And uh, they're getting ready to uh, to face Colgate at the Pfizer Forum coming up this Friday night. Uh, to talk a little bit more about it, we got Ben Wargle on the line with us. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. How do you like the draw? Oh, I love it. I think for Wisconsin, this is as good a draw as you can get. I mean, not only are you playing in Milwaukee, um, you have a, a pretty good path in your region to not leave far from home. I mean, if you win two games in Milwaukee, you're going to go to Chicago and play. So Wisconsin is going to have a decided uh, home court advantage here for, you know, hopefully a couple weekends. And, you know, the last time Wisconsin was there was in 14 and I don't think they win that game against Oregon without that home cooking fan base that they had coming back from that big second half deficit. So I like the matchup with Colgate. I mean, certainly when you get to this time of the year, Everyone you play is going to be good and is going to you know, test you in different ways. And this Colgate team shoots the three-point shot very well for a lot of different players. And that really hasn't been a, a consistent strength of Wisconsin this year is shooting the three or defending the three at points. But, you know, you, you like the matchup from a three to a 14 standpoint. Then you look at the next round where Wisconsin could play a, uh, an LSU team who's sick and they don't have a head coach currently or an 11th seed in, in Iowa State, and Wisconsin will probably be favored then, too. So you got to take care of the 40 minutes that's ahead of you, but you know it sets up pretty well for Wisconsin to potentially make a run here if they can kind of get back to what we saw at the end of February and the beginning of March and not what we've seen here in the past week. That's where I wanted to start. Uh, before I move forward and even start looking forward to LSU or Iowa State or anybody else for that matter, the way they played down the stretch, the last couple of games specifically, they have not looked good. They have not shot the ball well. They've turned the ball over. Um, they just they just looked like they were in hurry up and scramble mode. And give me your thoughts as to how they've looked the last couple of games. And you don't they don't look good heading into the tournament. No, they don't. Um, and, and so you look at the Nebraska game a week ago Sunday, and you can point to them not having Davis for. Uh, 28 uh, of the 40 minutes. He only played 12 minutes in the game. He had foul trouble in the first half, and then he obviously had the injury in the second half. And while they went on some good scoring runs without him, late in the game, they just seemed to lose their their moxie on both ends, especially defensively. I, I thought that they let uh, Nebraska's Verge kind of take over the game. And you know they missed a lot of shots at the rim, a lot of shots. And kind of the same thing happened against Michigan State. They did not convert well at the rim. I think they were... 12 of 20 at the rim, they haven't gotten to the free throw line enough, too. And I think that's one of the other things that maybe gets lost a little bit in the shuffle. Against Nebraska, they were in the double bonus, like 13 and change. The final 13 minutes the game, they only shot two free throws. And against Michigan State, they missed nine free throws for the first time since late January, but they didn't get there enough either. They were only four of seven in the second half. 
they've gotten a little too jump shot happy. And Johnny Davis is part of that. I thought he looked uh, very rusty when he played Michigan State. And I thought that when he saw that the offense was struggling, he tried to you know be Herculean like he's done so many times this year, and it's paid off well so many times this year. But he made a lot of bad decisions, and he forced shots. And he didn't see those shots go down until human nature, your confidence takes a little bit of a hit. And he never really got into a rhythm. Um, so that was a concern. Foul trouble has kind of plagued Stephen Crawl here a little bit the last two games. I think that's taken him out of a rhythm. And so when you have your, your best low post player struggling and you have your best overall player struggling, this is the recipe you kind of get. And Wisconsin's you know been used to kind of winning these these ugly games, and it's kind of caught with them here the last two games where they've had to play from behind and – that has really, in the end, kind of been their downfall is that they haven't played good enough early in games, and that's put them behind, and, and then they're just struggling you know, for, the, for really the remainder of the game. Give me your thoughts on Johnny Davis in a way. I mean, you talked a little bit about the injury, but this last game uh, coming back, he you know, he said he was going to be ready to go and such. I don't know if he had lingering effects from the injury from – from the uh, from the ankle, but uh, give me your thoughts on on Davis because he just didn't uh, he didn't shoot the ball well, didn't look good, looked a little bit off as well. Yeah, he didn't practice uh, pretty much the entire week, or he was very limited. And you know, when you've been doing something some way for the entire season, then all of a sudden your routine gets switched. So, you know, it, it takes time to kind of get back in that routine, and he wasn't really afforded a lot of time on the court and you can just tell um, when, when he's playing that it just, it didn't look right. And I don't know. I don't think that was injury related. I think that was just timing related. And I think that he just was out of a flow and against a, a Michigan state team that is a good defensive team. I mean, what the, their game plan and Tom Mizzo had a good game plan. Like he usually does. Cause he's been around for so long was make sure that gaps are filled don't let Davis drive and rotate defenders on him. They had three different defenders pretty much hounding him the entire first half. And it, you can tell that it just kind of took a toll on him. So when your conditioning maybe takes a little bit of a hit because you're out of sync for a couple of days, it just is hard to kind of find it again, especially within the flow of the game. And you know, I thought, like I said earlier, I thought that he maybe took too many chances or he maybe tried to make the play himself and try to find a better option. I think there are, opportunities for him to to feed the ball to someone else when the defense collapsed on him that he didn't do and you know, it was just one of those things where Wisconsin is only going to go so far as Johnny Davis is going to take him and him taking 19 shots in the game probably is not a huge recipe for success it's paid off at some points this year but when you miss 16 shots it makes it really hard to win a game and when you're missing 16 shots and making bad decisions that lead to opportunities for the other team in your in transition or to push the ball a little bit that kind of make you um have to you know scramble to get set that makes it really hard to win games and that's kind of what happened on on friday nights where uh, davis just kind of was trying to do too much and it ended up costing wisconsin what was you know an ugly first half where they somehow were only trailing by two points despite all of that but then once michigan state kind of got into a flow offensively and Wisconsin really was a wreck defensively. They just couldn't string together enough plays that you ran out of the floor to, to mount that, mount that comeback. Talking with Ben Wargle of the Badger Nation at the Badger Nation over on uh, Twitter. So give me your thoughts on who they may face next. Do you like LSU or Iowa state? I honestly Bill, have not looked into um, that matchup yet. Um, I think that the, the the situation with LSU is so fascinating, right? Now, uh, Wolway has done such a, a nice 
coaching job, but it's just so slimy off the court with everything he's accused of and how he's on the uh, record wiretaps with paying players and different things like that. Now LSU continued to employ him despite everything that's going on, and they were hit with so many you know, level one infractions um, just uh, what, over the weekend it was when I saw that. So it was interesting to see where the focus will be. Sometimes that off-the-court drama will galvanize a team and bring them closer together. I look at what Wisconsin was two years ago when they had all the off-the-court drama with Kobe King and with the strength coach being forced to resign because of a racial epithet and, and everything that went on, um, that, that it brought the team closer together, kind of us-against-the-world type mentality. And I honestly, I haven't watched any of Iowa State to really give you a good sky report. But, you know, I, I think Wisconsin, you look at their whole body of work, that's why they're a three. Not because of what they've done in the last week, but their whole body of work. And they've played really well away from home this year. They've been a lot of really good teams away from home. A lot, they've been a lot of teams that are much better, in my opinion, than the three teams that are in their, in their little pod in Milwaukee. So uh, if – I think Wisconsin's playing with house money. No one expected them to win the Big Ten, be a, a top three seed, play in Milwaukee this year. So really kind of whatever happens, um, you have to look at the season as a success. But now you're kind of going, if they can't win two games here, in two games they will be favored. And I think they're favored by seven and a half on Friday night. It'll be mm-hmm. somewhat of a disappointment. So Wisconsin, I think, should should win these games and it should move on to Chicago and, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, then you got the, the rest of the Big Ten. You got nine teams total in. Uh, is is it a travesty that Michigan comes in at eleven while you've got Indiana and Rutgers both in play-in games? I think that seventeen and eleven. I think that's what they finished right. Seventeen, eleven, Michigan, not being in a play-in game, and an Indiana team that just had beaten them a couple of days earlier, and then went out and beat Illinois is stuck in the playing game. And now you heard from the committee uh, yesterday and how they said that, you know, the, well, the conference tournaments play a part. They are just a part. It's the whole body of work. And that was their defense. Well, why Tennessee wasn't ranked higher than Wisconsin and, and different things like that. Um, I think the, the big 10 game nine teams in is great. I think it speaks to how good the league was this year, the depth of the league, but, you know, Michigan has just been, I think they've alternated wins and losses for like the better part of like three and a half weeks or so. It, it just is mind-boggling to me how the, the committee viewed a 17-win Michigan team that highly to not put them in Dayton, and yet they did not view an Indiana team that had just beaten Michigan and had a were a banked-in three-pointer away from overtime against the eventual Big Ten tournament champion. They said, oh, that's, that team belongs in Dayton. But, again, I think mm-hmm. Indiana's road actually isn't too bad when you think about it. Indiana, with the way they're playing now, they could easily win, not just in Dayton, but they can win a couple games in this tournament. And, and usually a team in the first four can go on a tournament run. We've seen it happen many times. I think just UCLA did it last year, right, from, from yeah. the playing game. So, I mean, all you need is a, is a chip in a chair. All you need is 40 minutes, and what you do with it is what you do with it. But I think Rutgers will be a tough you know, matchup two for a lot of teams. Purdue as well. I think Purdue is the most talented team in the Big Ten, yet they didn't win anything this year. I think Purdue could go on a run. Uh, Illinois, I think Illinois could be primed for an upset, to be honest with you. I really haven't liked how Illinois has played over the last, you know, couple weeks. I think Iowa as a five is a dangerous five. Iowa could be a team that can go on a run. They've been maybe hotter than any Big Ten team since the beginning of February. I can see them putting it together. 
um, Big Ten's got you know a lot of good chances here to have a, a sustained run to the second weekend. It's not farther. I know, uh, by the way, we're talking with Ben Wergel of the Badger Nation. You can find him at the Badger Nation over on Twitter. I know that Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament. They've got momentum going into this thing. I like Richmond because of the momentum they had. And they're pesky. They're big on the inside as well. But it is, you know, like uh, Ben had mentioned earlier, Dickie V is saying Iowa can win it all. Tell me how good you think Iowa is. And I still think when they're going to run through the buzzsaw that is Kansas, even if they do get deep into the tournament, I don't think they get past Kansas. But tell me how good you think Iowa is and the way they peaked at the end of the season. Well, just, you know, look, look what they can do offensively in the, in the gaudy point totals they put up um, down in Indianapolis. They put up like 112 on, on Northwestern, you know, they, they, you know, against a, a Rutgers team that prides itself on playing physical defensively, that was another high-scoring game for them. Then they put up, you know, another what 80 some against against Iowa and against Indiana, excuse me. And then the way that they kind of pulled away from Purdue in, in the second half, it just speaks to how good this team is and how conversal. Everyone thinks of Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is right there, in my opinion, with Johnny Davis in terms of player of the year quality of the Big Ten. I, I would love to have known if Murray came in second in in the uh, in, in the race for player of the year that Davis won and, and how, the margin of it because he is so dynamic now he can create shots. And so he, with his presence on the floor, it creates opportunities for other players, you know, certainly the McCaffrey brothers, certainly the, the Bohannon. You know, one of the many Bohans that have come through college basketball, and they all shoot the, the perimeter shot very well. Iowa and Colgate are very similar with the, their their three point percentage. Both teams will shoot a lot of threes, and they have a really good uh, uh, ability to make those shots. And when you can stretch the defense like that, it makes it very hard um, to be to be competitive. And in, you look at this run that they're on. You know they're they're certainly riding a lot of momentum, and it's and so it's all about matchups. If you can take advantage of your matchup, you can advance. You can go on a run, and also is how how you're playing comes in to a degree. Some teams are, have come in played really well, have been able to sustain that. I mean, look at UConn all those years ago in the B in the Big East, the run that they went on to the Big East tournament, and they carried it all the way to a national championship. Iowa is playing extremely well right now and they just won a a big 10 conference tournament in one of the deepest conferences in the country this year and you can tell that that as that tournament went on they were playing with more and more swagger and you know they earned it they went through some really good teams to win that title and you know i'll be interested to see you know how far this momentum can take them here in march ben good stuff as the tournament winds on the badger staying it we'll be touching base with you okay sounds good talk to you later Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Ben Wargle. You can find his stuff over at the Badger Nation, the Badger Nation on Twitter, the Badger Nation on Twitter. He's got the Badgers uh, getting a win and hasn't really looked past the uh, the Colgate victory as to who they might be playing, whether it's LSU or Iowa State. But uh, if the Badgers are hitting their shots, they're going to win. If they're not, they won't. It's that, it's that simple. I think they're scrappy enough to win and continue to advance. But uh, if you're not hitting your shots, man, it's it's you, I don't care what kind of defense you play, you're not going to get – not going to get victories. Hey, coming up next, we are going to uh, step away. But coming up next, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens. Mike Clemens and uh, and a, a cast of others have been all over the uh, the Packers news all day. Uh, you've got Zedarius Smith gone. He's already drawing interest, even from his former team uh, in Baltimore. You've got uh, Billy Turner gone. He's been cut loose today. Preston Smith has signed a contract extension. MVS is getting a lot of interest right now 
from about four or five different teams as far as a, a long-term deal and a lot of money, so it doesn't look like he's going to return to the Packers. Devontae Adams has said he does not want to play for a franchise tag or will not play for a franchise tag. So now the pressure's on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers still waiting for the finalization of his deal to get done. There's some talk about will they or will they not go after Rasul Douglas before it's all said and done. Devondre Campbell testing the free agent market, and that is not good news for the Green Bay Packers, who really valued what he did for them this past year. So a lot going on. We're going to touch base with Mike Clemens when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Wrestling Taco. Did you go out this past weekend and get yourself some Wrestling Taco? 84th Street, just south of State Fair Park, on the east side of the street, right on the corner. Marcus, Nicole, their whole staff, a couple of margaritas, tacos, face first, you're good to go. Wrestling Taco, that's where you can find them. Great people, even better place just south of uh, State Fair Park. Stop in, tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone. Military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com. Hey, our gang, Sean and the whole staff at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. They're great people. Are you needy? Maybe your garage floor. Look at your garage floor. It's probably full of a bunch of salt and crap and stuff all over it. How'd you like to just sweep it off? Make it look like brand new. Epoxy flooring done right and polyurea coatings. They get it all done. And whether you're a homeowner, a business owner, uh, industrial for that matter, for a showroom floor, your garage floor, your downstairs basement, or maybe a big industrial area, the uh, epoxy flooring guys, they're right here in Wisconsin. They don't, you don't have problems with these things, but if you do, it's nice to know your guy's right here. You know, you don't have to chase somebody into another state to try to get your floor done right here. And he uh, backs up his work, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Or call Sean directly from, from Madison to Milwaukee, all the way up to Green Bay, everywhere in between, 262-443-2852. That's 262-443-2852. Again, 262-443-2852. Call Sean. Tell him we sent you. Good people over there at Epoxy Flooring done right joining us now on the schneider or i shouldn't say schneider on our uh, hotline as a matter of fact old habits die hard sometimes our good buddy mike clemens standing by michael how you doing a busy day in the nfl and a busy day for the packers yeah and as i've been hearing you uh, talk about on the show and ben with updates and and whatnot uh, throughout the show it's interesting to see now brian gudikins play his cards uh from you know what we sort of had hints that might be happening when we last spoke to him in person at Combine a couple weeks ago. And, of course, you know, after the, well, do you think Aaron Rodgers is coming back questions, the next one that I had, and I asked Brian directly, was about Zadarius Smith. Now, I tried to be a little bit more clever and actually try and get more of the story about Zadarius from from Gutekind. So I carefully asked him, I said, so what do you think about, you know, Zadarius Smith, and can you talk about this injury? Because to me, I wanted to try and get a sense on if the Packers thought that Zadarius came into camp with, you know, uh, some sort of a disc problem in the back that maybe he should have, you know, alerted them to earlier in the year, or was it something that happened in the off season? But you know what, what went on with that back deal where he misses training camp? He's on the PUP. They bring him in. He plays part of the Saints game at the opener. 
Then they're rehabbing and training and training. Then they finally decide, well, the only thing we could do now is operate in the middle of the season, and he's able to come back for some snaps against the 49ers. But, you know, did he do that properly? Is there something that could have been done differently? And what Brian would say was, you know, injuries are strange and they can go this way or that way. So, you know, he seemed to cover for that, that either his trainers did the best they could or the player did whatever. But then he went right into saying, you know, but we got great performances from Preston Smith, and certainly we all know how much Rashawn Gary improved in his third season under Mike Smith, their coach, who now is left for the Vikings to join Mike Pettin. And then he, when he mentioned Jonathan Garvin, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, like, right. and that's what I told you. I don't have a very good feeling about Zadarius Smith. Now, today he did something different that I don't think would have been done in Green Bay in the last 15 years unless you're Charles Woodson or Clay Matthews or something, he put out a press release thanking Zadarius Smith and his family and his contributions over the last three years. And and he, the same thing he did that with Billy Turner as well. So maybe that's a thing that maybe where Aaron Rodgers has nudged him to say, you know, if these guys are going to come in and give it their all, regardless if they're high-paid free agents or not, make it public out there that they were good guys and that if some other team wants to sign them, this has nothing to do with personality. It's got just a, got to do with salary cap and the business aspect of the NFL. Yeah, and that, that's a good point because that was one of the things that uh, Aaron Rodgers had expressed was that a 30-second phone call to some of these guys after they kind of give you everything and then they go through surgeries and such just doesn't cut it. No, no. And, and we played that clip of Clay Matthews talking about that, you know, uh, under Ted, it was, you know, he said, you know, 10 years in a, in a – and a high pick for the team in the Super Bowl, and and I'm on my way to the facility at 1265 to lift weights, and one day in March, and all of a sudden your cell phone rings, they say, eh, you know, we're going to let you go. That's it. 30-second mm-hmm. phone right. call. Thanks for being a part of it. So now we, we wait for Devontae Adams. We wait for Rodgers' numbers uh, to try to kind of settle out. I was just reading a story online. It says uh, Devontae's looking for upwards of 30-plus million a year, he's going to get about 20.18 uh, under the franchise tag already, of which he said he will not play for. Give me your thoughts as to where they're at right now on all this. I think that uh, David Dunn, uh, Aaron Rodgers' agent, and their agency reached a deal with Russ Ball on where the, you know, the franchise would be proud to make him the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL, finish his career in Green Bay over the next three, four years, $50 million a year, and there's ways that they can push that money into anticipating the growth of the salary cap in the next couple of years. And then Roger says, wait a minute, I'm not signing that. And and now that it's a week later, and now the word is getting out from Devontae's camp, yeah, he's not playing for the franchise tag, okay? So don't even think he's coming to work until this thing has worked out. And the Packers, they don't like the franchise tag. As Gutekinds has said the last couple of years, and even repeated as, as early as or late as just a couple of weeks ago at, at the Combine, they think of the, the tag as a bridge. Like, okay, we're going to hold this guy, but, you know, give us a couple of more months to see how this all else shakes out with positions, and then we'll, we'll come in with, you know, what we think is the best deal we can offer you and try and bring that player in before eh, maybe mandatory minicamp or the start of training camp. So I think that maybe Aaron Rodgers is just sort of, in a holding pattern to say, look, I, I'm, I'm committed. I'm coming in for this season, but let's figure out Devontae as well. And if you, I need to give up some more or whatever, 
But, I, you know, I, I'm not coming back if you guys can't get a deal done with Devontae, so I'm not going to sign. So I think that's where it's at. I posted a little story. I think you saw that over the weekend, Equinemia St. Brown and his brother held like a fundraiser out in Orange County, and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. showed up for this flag football game. So, right. you know, all is good there. Then the Billy Turner thing, you know, this great um, versatile right tackle you've had, you brought in in free agency a couple of years ago. He's released with a nice note from Brian Gutekinds today. And uh, and his agent, you know, saying like, you know, hey, my guy's not coming back for, you know, a pay cut. We'll just move on to some other team. But that's an interesting question now. So your offensive line would be, David Bakhtiari, who Gudikin says is fine, should be, you know, even though those scary stories about draining his knee all last season, you know, that they expect that Bakhtiari will play this year, no problem. John Runyon, a left guard, while Elton Jenkins recovers from his torn ACL. Then you got, you know, the second-year kid now, Josh Myers at center. Lucas Patrick can play the right guard, backed up by the kid, you know, Royce Newman, who kind of lost his job there at the end of the season. And so I think that means that Yash Nyman now becomes your right tackle with yeah. Billy Turner moving on. You were a 30-year-old veteran who, you know, missed six or seven weeks with that knee injury. Yash Nyman at age 26 can hold on right tackle, along with competing with a guy like, you know, Dennis Kelly or some other veteran they bring in. But they're in such good shape on the offensive line. That's why I think that they felt they could move on to save that money with Billy Turner. And I learned something else at the Combine, Bill, about defensive line. Remember we talked about, you know, getting help for Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. You know, Tyler Lancaster has been there in there in the mix. And why did they cut Kiki Kingsley? You know, that kid was like 25, 26 years old, and actually started to show some real progress and making some plays midseason. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, in the middle of the week, they cut him in December. Now, they apparently they'd benched him for a couple of weeks. I found out, and I can't go into detail, but it, it was nothing personal or off-field. It was just, you know, there's some things that he was not cooperative with. I think he thought his value with the team, that he probably deserved to be a starter, and so there's other responsibilities he was not holding up and that's why the team just said oh really okay well then they moved on and i've seen that now two or three times remember i told you about devin funches who's a yeah you know talented receiver but he he opts out during the covid year okay that's acceptable but he's screwing around in practice i saw that firsthand i told you that and he got cut the next day or bashad breeland who did a nice job for them a corner in 2018 but he was kind of a you know, uh, uh, he was a character that probably didn't get along always in the meetings. And so, uh, mysteriously, they let him go. Now, he caught up with the Chiefs and won a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he picked off Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. But the next thing you know, Andy Reid drops him. The Vikings pick him up. And then he gets cut by the Vikings for yelling at coaches at practice. And Breland's not like a practice squad guy. So the point is, they'll be good players in Green Bay. But if you don't get along with Matt LaFleur... You're gone. You're yeah. gone. Mike, uh, what do you think is the next domino to fall? Do we hear something regarding Rodgers here and say the next 24 hours? No, I think that – I don't know. Jeez, I, I assume that they, they've just put that Devontae Adams thing off to the side, and they're trying to shore up the rest of these other free agents, whether they tender guys, whether they come up with extensions. Um, you know, there was one report that maybe Rasul Douglas – they could give him a one-year kind of prove it. You know, can you really do this? You know, repeat that. But I would imagine Douglas's agents would say, 
you know, tack with that, we could probably get a four-year deal right. someplace else. I think that's the stuff over the next 48 hours that Brian Goodikins and Russ Ball are working on right now. And then they'll, while they're making room for Devontae, and then when they circle back with that, then they'll have to figure out, you know, the big enchilada, which is how do we get Devontae Adams satisfied so that Rodgers is 100% on board. Good stuff as always, my friend. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, touch base back with you when, uh, when you know, we get more signings and more information and all that kind of good stuff, okay? Thanks, Billy. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Clements, our own Mike Clements, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Mike, as always, is brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. If you're looking to head up there for any kind of a stay, family stay, going to go to the Hall of Fame just to visit some friends in Green Bay. Maybe you're going to go for a weekend, walk around, whatever it may be, or start getting your training camp dates together. The Bay Family Restaurant featuring the homestyle cooking seven days a week. Just stop in. If you live in, Bay, in the Green Bay area, that's, that's a place to go anyway. The Bay Motel, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920 4941 920 4941 or go online at That is Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get the Road America app. You can listen live to the Track White PA broadcast with real-time updates on the races, driver interviews, sponsor details, and so much more. The app also allows you to watch live cams of popular locations all around the track. Go to roadamerica.com. Here's a little bit of news, Brewers news. Ken Rosenthal reporting that uh, the free agent outfielder Andrew McCutcheon, remember him from his famed days with the Pittsburgh Pirates? He is in talk with in talks right now with the Brewers. I like it. He, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not Andrew McCutcheon anymore. But uh, I like uh, I like the depth and the fact that you're going to. Hey, uh, now I, some people are already reacting that we don't need an outfielder. You got Yelich, Kane, Renfro, Taylor, also a couple of prospects. But you remember, you know, you've had Kane, you've had Yelich, both go down. You can always use depth. On paper, remember last year going into the season, they got too many outfielders. This is ridiculous. Now, granted, Jackie Braley Jr. didn't work out, but they needed him. There was a stretch there where they needed him. You can never have too much depth. And if they're willing to go out and spend the money to do it, I don't have a problem with it. Um, then maybe Andrew, maybe uh, Christian Yelich does more of a DH. They rotate that a little bit this year. You can see that happening. So I, I don't mind it. I like it. Whenever you get veteran, whenever you get a guy that's been able to play at a high level, you're trying to capture one more season lightning in a bottle. I, I don't mind that move. That's that's a that's a small market good free agent move if it happens. You take a shot. You take a shot. Oh, by the way, some more news in baseball. Here we go. The ABS, not anti-lock break system, in select games in AAA and in low A, the ABS, the automated ball strike technology, 
will be used in the Atlantic League going back. And this year, they're talking about the possibility of um, umpires and and um, oh gosh, the uh, the to challenge. If you want to go to a challenge, if you think a, a, a pitch is a strike or a ball and the umpire calls it the opposite, you can now challenge. No! No! I think it's ridiculous. I really do. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But you can now challenge that call. I still think sports would be better without any replay review. <sighs> Even with the chaos of some games, unfortunately, being decided by it, one, it would make for great debate afterwards. But two, you look across every sport, especially college basketball, because it's happening now. It it makes the last two minutes take 15 minutes and half the time they get it wrong anyway. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I get it. You want to make it right. uh, All that kind of crap. But at what point do you stop? Remember when the implementation of instant replay was only going to be for fair or foul and close calls at the bases? That's it. We've gotten into everything else. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? Was he pulling the ball out of his glove? Was he not pulling? We're getting it down to milliseconds. And then we've got challenges coming from dugouts. Guy standing at the top waiting for word to be yelled up through the tunnel to him. It just stop. You keep wondering why your game sucks and why it takes so long. God almighty, just stop. Then they're going to screw with this stuff. Oh, boy. We also, now, this is down in the – go ahead. We also don't get managers freaking out on umpires, which was my favorite part right. of the sport. We used to get that, too. And we don't get that anymore. So it just just it drives me crazy. But they're doing it in the minors. But some of this stuff that trickles through the minors, it ends up in, in the majors. It just does. I just I hate it. I, I still don't understand. I and nobody in baseball has yet to tell me why. Just put one instant replay guy in each stadium, let him determine it, and buzz the home plate umpire. That will eliminate all of the standing at the top of the stairs, all of the let's wait and see, all of that. That'll eliminate all of that. One guy can say simply, hey, let me take another look at this. Buzz the umpire. Umpire calls timeout. He grabs a headset. The guy upstairs makes the determination, and that's it. I, I don't understand why this is so difficult, and it's the, the easiest answer there is. They can do anything. You know, for God's sakes, if one team can set up observation cameras to call pitches like the Houston Astros did and bang on garbage cans, for God's sakes, God knows we can't stick a buzzer on a home plate umpire to light up or to, to buzz him if indeed a guy upstairs wants to take another look at an instant replay. Otherwise, keep the game moving, man. This is so simple, and it's just it's completely dumb. Um, which, by the way, uh, the Brewers also have traded, uh, or the Braves, I should say, also traded Matt Olson, which probably means Freddie Freeman is leaving. And uh, he could be out of the National League. So there you go. Um, Mark says, uh, where did you see that Michigan got a higher seed? Didn't they get a three seed? I just saw that. No, Michigan got a three seed in the women's tournament. 
you're looking at the wrong the wrong thing. Michigan got a three seed in a women's tournament, not in the NCAA men's tournament. Just an FYI. If you're yeah, Michigan is an 11 seed, so the three seed is the women's side. Oh boy. Bill, we did almost get a Wisconsin-Michigan second-round matchup. I don't know how that all works, but if Iowa State and Michigan had flopped somehow because they're both alumni. I know. Would have been great. In in Milwaukee, that would have been something to see. Oh, that would have been huge. That would have been huge. Maybe that's the reason they didn't want to do that, but it would have been huge. I would have loved it. Loved it. Um, What else do we have here? This is uh, – boy, did you – by the way, did you see uh, the Wisconsin men's uh, basketball – um, video they put out. No, it came out a little bit earlier today. It's over on. I mean, I got it on Facebook. Um, I'll post it over on the uh, the the Facebook fan page. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It starts out by showing the Pfizer forum, and then shows you know it, it goes into showing you know playing in Milwaukee and all that kind of stuff. So I like it, like it a lot. So I'm gonna I'm, if you haven't seen it already, um, I'm I'm just posting it over on the the, uh, the Facebook fan page. So if you want to see it there, by all means, go to it as uh, the Badgers prepare to play in Milwaukee. Really cool stuff, though. Good stuff, good highlights, showing the Pfizer form and such. So like it a lot. Uh, let's do this. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show is coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get the Road America app. You can listen live to the Trackwide PA broadcast with real-time updates on the races, driver interviews, sponsor details, and so much more. The app also allows you to watch live cams of popular locations all around the track. Go to roadamerica.com. Welcome back to the program. Hey, reminder, coming up on a week from Friday. A week from Friday, please put it on your calendar if you can. A week from Friday, uh, we are going to be over uh, from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock in the evening at Albanese's Roadhouse. That's 2301 West Blue Mound Road. And for those that don't know where that's at, it's right next to Menards and right across the street from Home Depot and such on Blue Mound Road in Waukesha slash Brookfield. We're going to be doing uh, some bartending over there. And myself, Gina Della from Pella, is going to be there with us. And uh, her and I are going to jump behind the bar, uh, and all the proceeds, all of our tips, everything goes to a a great charity. It's a not-for-profit charity called Special Spaces, and they create these dream bedrooms for these kids with cancer. And all of our tips and proceeds and whatever anybody else wants to donate we're going to everything goes to special spaces and hopefully you can make it out but again put it on your calendar it is a week from this coming friday it is march 25th from five o'clock to seven o'clock come on out happy hours you know we'll have a great time uh some good food there too but come on out and join us uh, we're going to be at albanese's roadhouse on blue mound road in waukesha so please put it on your calendar it's gonna be a lot of fun gonna have a good time um we got a, a few things to wrap up by the way Ben, uh, people asking, did you uh, did you happen to have that date this weekend? <laughs> no, I did not. No date you did this not. weekend, no. Okay. Well, you would mentioned it, and I guess people are rooting for you. So, hey, by the way, did you hear anything from the guys down in uh, Chicago? Did they have a good time or what? They had a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it seemed like a good time. I ended up going skiing with a friend, so we had a good Saturday. Oh, did you really? 
Yeah, once you uh, once you saw the Badgers, you kind of went, ah, to hell with it. Yeah, well, I was planning on staying so I could watch their games, but then there weren't many. Yeah. So that no, was yeah. tough. Yeah, nah, was, I had a good weekend, though. I was uh, cruising okay. Chubbies. I didn't go there. I ended up going to uh, Wallersheim, the winery out there in Prairie du Sac. And we had a meeting, and then we went to uh, Wallersheim afterwards and did a wine tasting. And then after that, God, it was, we were all over. We went to a place called Boondocks, which is up in Merton, um, a little northwest of from where I live. And then we ended up uh, seeing Jeff and Alicia and the gang at Stoley's Hog Alley on uh, on friday night which by the way he's got a new renovation coming and it's going to be uh, if you're you like outdoor up deck up deck pot, patios oh my god it's beautiful they're going to start breaking ground for that thing here in the next month and it should be done by september but oh can't wait for this thing to get done so we had a chance to see jeff and alicia and catch a little music uh, over the weekend and then ended up coming home on friday night and saturday we went to a charity event all day out at bub's irish pub out in germantown we went over to the big boy the uh, Wisconsin's only big boy. We ate there for dinner on uh, on Saturday night, uh, early Saturday night. But we started out at 1 o'clock in the afternoon with a Bloody Mary and uh, had a charity event and did some bidding and silent auction stuff and everything for uh, Guardians of the Kids, the Guardians of the Children, and then went over to Big Boy and ate a Big Boy. Boy, I tell you what, it brings back memories, man. The only thing they don't have that the original Big Boy did was crinkle-cut fries. That's it. Otherwise, it was it was dead on. It was perfect. Going over to Big Boy. I even got a little Big Boy metal rusty tin uh, of the old Big Boy logo sign, and it now hangs proudly in the bar right next to my Route 66 sign. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. So we did that, and then uh, out yesterday we watched all the games, went down, watched NASCAR, golf, and the basketball games down at Nice Ash. I sat at the bar, did some work, and had a beverage, and just ended up coming home and sat down and binge watch. Uh, there's a there's a show on Netflix called Inventing Anna. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I'm not a big binge watcher, but Kristen's been swearing by this. I had a friend of mine who recommended it, um, and he said it's really good. And I got to admit, I got caught up in it and ended up watching the whole damn thing yesterday. What is that yesterday like? Evening. Emily in Paris. It's a it's a girl that comes from Germany. She's a Russian immigrant, and she just imagines this lifestyle and convinces people and it's a true story i guess based on a true story she goes to new york and convinces people that she's a german heiress and she's got a ton of money and convinces all these banks to loan her money so she's basically borrowing one money one amount of money from a bank from another and putting it in accounts so they can verify money and she cons all these people out of out of millions and friends and 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 such and she ends up going to prison for it but she kind of reinvents herself from this russian immigrant to this woman who just walks in she's living in morocco and in five-star resorts and living in hotels and eventually it all catches up to her but it, that's what it's about it, it just it was really interesting uh and there's an article that ends up getting written about it which exposes her for everything that she is and she ends up going to, to prison I think as of right now, today, she's out. She's actually out of prison now. But it's just, it was a really interesting series. I think it's seven or eight or nine parts. But I watched a bunch of it last night and kind of fell asleep to that. But hmm. that was the weekend. And then woke up today to the, the fury that was with Tom Brady coming back. And we didn't even talk about the Brewers. By the way, article on Friday, and it just kind of went under the radar. And I don't know if anybody see, had seen it, but we're going to talk about this tomorrow. 
there's an article about the Brewers, and the Brewers are seeking about a hundred very quietly a hundred million bucks in new public money to pay for some improvements and renovation at American Family Field. They have the possibility that in twenty, I think it's twenty thirty or twenty thirty three or something like that, they would have the possibility to leave. And I, in twenty thirty, at the end of twenty thirty, they would have the possibility to leave and get out of that thirty-year uh, agreement. And they've got options; they can extend the lease through twenty forty. There's been talk of a, a lease extension, um, but they're looking for some renovations to American Family Field. And right away, you get people that say, "There's no way I'm not giving billionaires money," and, and all the things that we heard for the Bucks. But think about it, if we didn't have the Bucks and if we didn't have the Brewers, where Milwaukee would be and the state of Wisconsin would be. And so you kind of weigh that with what they're asking for and is it really a big deal, you know? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that because I think it was something that very quietly went under the radar. And I think it's something we need to discuss. So there you go. Good start to the week. Good Monday. Really good stuff. Till we're back at it again tomorrow, and we should have more NFL news tomorrow as the the Browns have officially let go of wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and apparently the Packers are interested. You got McCutcheon being talked to by the Brewers. Fernando Tatis has fractured his wrist for the San Diego Padres, has to have surgery out three months. There's a lot going on. And that's just Monday. Until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone. Military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com.